Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Yeah, it's so beautiful out here. I was surprised how quick the rain stopped this morning, actually. In Florida, it reminded me of Florida because typically it will rain for about five to ten minutes and then it's done. But in North Carolina, when it starts raining, you better expect to be in for a long haul. (laughs) So it was nice to see some rain. Well, let's go ahead and let's pray together this morning, if you guys don't mind. just want to ask the Lord to be with us as uh, we share the word and we kind of listen to what he has to say to us, okay? So, Father, we just thank you. God, we just welcome your Holy Spirit. We know you're already here, but God, we just open our hearts to you. We open our ears to you. Lord, speak deeply to our spirits, Lord, that we would be able to just walk in line with what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the last time, uh, it was a pleasure to be with all of you. And for those of you who may not know who I am, I'm Desiree Bland. And I work at Grace Church. And we partner here with Cornerstone to be able to continue to see you guys reach Lynchburg for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it's awesome to be back here with you guys again. And since the last time that I was with you, actually, uh, my family and I, we've been in the process of trying to figure out where to move more towards Greensboro. My husband has finished medical school, and that has caused us to have to find a new location to live to get him a little bit closer to his destination for work. And it's been quite of an interesting journey. I don't know if, how many of you guys have actually bought a house before or have ever experienced <laughs> maybe moving into an apartment and things don't quite work out the way you expect it to? That's kind of the situation we're in. Our house is piled high with boxes, and so we're lucky if we can find a napkin or a fork or a plate. And as a matter of fact, the other day my husband was like, Desiree, why did you pack the whole house? You know, because my life is a little bit busy, and so needless to say, I'm a planner, and so I want to plan to make sure to pack everything appropriately. So it's just been a fun journey because my friends, they actually have a house that they bought in uh, West End is where we're looking to buy. And in West End, they had a great adventure. It was very smooth and very appropriate for them. This has not necessarily been our case. And so uh, I have had to grit my teeth a bit and go, man, you're working out some character in me, Jesus. And a lot of times when things like that happen, we kind of look at it with the wrong perspective. Sometimes we go, man, God, why isn't this working out? And sometimes we get so frustrated and frustrated at the wrong thing. But the one thing that I've learned in my time walking with the Lord is he's bringing up things in me so that I can resemble him more and that my heart can be open more. And so, needless to say, our search has quite been quite interesting. <laughs> and serving actually can be very similar. Last time I was with you guys, I shared the importance of how God has suited us to serve, Right? He has made us, he has fashioned us in his image to reach others for his kingdom. And so if he suited us to serve, sometimes it doesn't feel so good during the process. We talked about that a little bit. And then other times we begin to realize the pieces he's putting together to cause us to be able to be an instrument of serving for his kingdom. And this is so interesting to me because a lot of times when we are trying to figure out how to serve, we then have to figure out who to serve. Right? Who do we take the gospel message to? Who has God designated for us to speak up and to share the good news? One of the things that I've come in conversation with 
Uh, a lot of times when I'm talking with people about serving others, they're scared. They don't know what to say. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know whose hearts are open to receive the good news. And it's interesting because God is always seeking. He's always searching the land for those who are open, available, and awaiting his presence. I call this the house-filling concept. He's looking for a place to dwell. Right? Think about the beginning of creation. It says he brooded over the earth, right? And he wanted to be with us in the garden. He wanted to dwell with us. His intent was always to dwell with us. And so that's what he wants to do here with us. He's always looking for people to fill. We are called the temple of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. How precious is that, that God sees us as his place of inhabitants, even though he can overflow out of that inhabitants, be everywhere, omnipresent, all in the same time. That just blows my mind, doesn't it, to you? That he can fill this expanse of creation, yet still wants to fill us. That type of power, that type of just beauty, God created us to be filled with. That just blows my mind. I mean, when I look up at the stars at night and I go, wow, God, the same beauty you painted the stars with is the same beauty you've painted me with. Isn't that exciting? That God loves you that much, that he put that much detail into building who you are so you can be suited to serve. But then there's also this interesting concept in Scripture when we're trying to figure out how to take the gospel to people, how to share the good news, right? Because this is supposed to be good news. And I know that Pastor Jerry came and he shared with you guys how to get snapshots out of your story and to share it with people, right, to make it practical. And I heard that he gave you some really great practical things. But it starts with one concept that God gives us in Scripture. In matter of fact, last time I was here, I ended in Luke 10, verses 1 through 2, because I felt that God was going to bring me back here so I could share the latter part, which is people of peace. People of peace. See, this concept is described in Scripture of when we are looking and when God is looking for a place of inhabitants amongst his people are people of peace. They're people that are open to hear the gospel. They're people that are receptive to the seed of the word. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is how to identify people of peace that we can share our stories with, that we can share the testimony of who Christ is because that's so amazing that God would choose to indwell us so we can take the message of the good news to other people. So that's where our journey takes us back to Luke 10. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I would encourage you to turn to Luke 10. And just I want to recap a little bit. In Luke 10 last time, we talked about how Jesus had prepared his disciples, 72, before sending them out. He said it was going to be a huge commitment. It was going to be a life commitment, a serious commitment. And he equipped them prior to. And so it leads all the way up to the scripture before he sends them out. He tells them, this is a life commitment. This is an important commitment. And then he tells them, I'm going to send you out into the cities, into the towns. Remember, we talked about there's two places that God sends us out, right? One is a place. We talked about God has given you a place within the body of Christ. And then the second was the city. God wants us to go into the city, right? So that's where we're going to pick up 
is where Jesus is talking to his disciples about about to go on this journey to find people of peace. How do they identify the people as they're going through the towns and the cities who they should be sharing the gospel with, right? So let's go ahead and read it together. And it says, And he was saying to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I love that. It's his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. I'm sorry. If he was telling me that, I think I would get a little bit scared. <laughs> I'm like, you're sending me out amongst wolves? <laughs> that does not sound too exciting. It sounds a little bit too adventurous for me. Carry no money belt, no bag, no shoes. Shoes. I don't know about you. Every girl's got a closet full of shoes. And when you're telling me I don't get to tell my, take my shoes, that makes me a little bit sad. <laughs> but it says no shoes and greet no one on the way. That seems kind of odd. Whatever house you enter, first say, this is it, peace be to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking what they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not keep on moving from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Almost makes me think of missionaries. You never know what you're going to get when you go on the missions field. But you better eat it and you better be happy with it. (laughs) Matter of fact, I'm about to go to Kenya. And I'm very interested in seeing what I'm actually going to be eating with these tribes. So pray for me. (laughs) And it says, So what is set before you and heal those in it who are sick and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust in your city, which clings to our feet, we wipe it off in protest against you. Yet be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come near. So even if they don't accept it, the kingdom of God came near to them. I say to you, it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than that city. I'm going to skip down to verse 16 because it continues to talk about the cities. But it says in the end here in the 16 of this part, it says, the one who listens to you listens to me. The one who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. To think that God is sending you and he's sending me And we get to speak on his behalf. That's a pretty serious thing that God chose you. I don't know about you. Sometimes I go, why did you choose me, God? And a lot of times, if we just simply reflect on the fact that he needs a humble vessel, he needs a vessel that's not going to take his glory, and that everyone will know that's the hand of the Lord, no one else's. Because then he gets the glory not you. So if you're feeling inadequate, you're in the best place possible. If you're feeling inadequate and not 
appropriate for that job that he's put in your heart, then you're the best person for the job. So do you remember, maybe, when love pursued you? Do you remember what it felt like when God chased after you? What did it take for you to finally get the good news? What did it take that God stirred in your heart that it was a light bulb reaction and it was an aha moment that God loves me? See, those are the people God, he's sending us for all people, but there's designated seasons for people, aren't there? Right? There's designated seasons to be young, to be old. God is trying to show us who are ripe for the harvest. That is what people of peace are. They are ripe. They are low-hanging fruit. They are awaiting you to bring them good news. They may not look like it on the outside, but they're anticipating it in their spirit because they need it. They're starving for it, just as you were. So recently, one of our staff members is actually going through this process of pursuing what it means to love somebody unconditionally. His name is Bobby Craig, and his wife's name is Taylor. Hopefully you'll get to meet them sometime soon. They're the producers at Grace Church. And Bobby and Taylor have been on this journey of wanting to pursue loving a child for the longest time. They have tried, and they've tried, and they've tried, and it just hasn't happened for them. And it's been a hard and a long and a difficult process. And during this process, they've been investigating all different kinds of options, and they finally have come to the conclusion that the Lord has asked of them to become foster parents, specifically making themselves available for kids in Moore County, where we're from. And so just on Monday, Bobby announced to the staff that he was going to be having a 10-month-year-old being brought into his house And during that time, it just caused me to just fight back tears because it was such a joyous moment because we've known the journey that they've been going on to pursue loving someone. And it's finally going to happen for them that they get to open their house, they get to open their heart to a little beautiful little girl named Kylie. And I remember that feeling when my husband's brother, and our sister-in-law, Lisa, so Kevin and Lisa, went on the same pursuit. And that was probably about, Samuel is now 12, about 12 years ago. I remember very clearly, I was pregnant with Samuel, our first son, and they were pursuing trying to have a child as well, and they couldn't. So the next thing that we knew, they decided to investigate taking foster care classes down in Florida. And during this season, I don't know if you've ever gone through or ever heard anyone of what it's like to go through an adoption or fostering program. It's very grueling, actually. It's not easy. It's definitely not meant for the faint at heart. (laughs) And I think about it this way. It's interesting to think about this journey. So I would love to introduce you to my nieces, Harley and Brianna. Harley and Brianna are the older two on the bottom, and I remember their journey of how love pursued them. It was a really hard journey, 
it was really grueling. The classes that they had to go to at unexpected times, the house inspections they had to walk through, and in addition to that, just the background checks and the constant inspection of their home. And finally, the day that they came home, they were little ones. They were a two-year-old and an infant. (laughs) And now they've grown up so much. During this time, I know what really prepared Kevin and Lisa's heart was a heart of prayer. Because they had their mindset on something else. See, if you are seeking people of peace, it starts with prayer. Prayer proceeds people of peace. If you read back in the verses in Luke, it tells us to pray for the harvest, does it not? So we got to pray people in. we got to come to the throne room and ask the Lord, hey, Lord, who is it that I'm supposed to speak to today? We've got to make sure that we're sensitive to what he is saying each and every day. Jesus did this on the regular. He would wake up before dawn, go and speak and get his father's instructions. We have to do the same thing because I don't know about you every day. It's a little bit exhausting. I've got new challenges I face, new things that happen, and I need some new instruction for my new day because I don't know who I'm going to meet because I'm not the one with the master plan, right? So if we're not the ones with the master plan, then we need to meet with the master. So prayer proceeds people of peace. If you want to identify who you need to share the good news with, it starts with prayer. Just like it says in Luke 10:2. He says to beseech the Lord for the harvest. We have to ask for the harvest. So prayer will help us to identify who these people are. In Isaiah 43:19 it says behold I will do something new Now it will spring forth will you not be aware of it I will even make a roadway in the wilderness rivers in the desert Sometimes certain people don't look like people of peace when you first look at them right or when you first start off in a conversation with them they seem a little bit defensive don't really want to hear what you have to say, or maybe they're quick about their business, they're focused on a task, and they don't think that the task is really going to be that Jesus wants to meet with them that day, that you were appointed for a divine appointment to intersect in their life that day. See, it doesn't always look very plain or very clear, but that's why we have to seek God in prayer. But he says, behold, I'll do something new. He says, behold, I'll do something new. He will literally make a stream out of a desert. So in that situation, it may not look like there's going to be a person receiving what you have to say, but if you will seek him before you go into the day, he will show you how that's going to happen. He may not necessarily in prayer show you the exact people, but he'll fill up your tank with what you need to be able to speak to them. Okay? Because the Bible says that we don't have to worry about what we're going to say. It says that the Holy Spirit will give us what we need to say in that moment. So we've got to be filled with the Spirit to be able to speak in that moment for those people that God puts us in alignment with. So not only that, in Proverbs 16.9 it says, The mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his path. 
Proverbs 69. It says, the man or the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So literally, if the Lord directs your steps, he knows where you're headed that day. He knows who you're going to talk to. He knows what he's going to drop in your spirit. He knows what he's going to feed you with, with his word if you choose to make this a priority. He will put what you need in your tank. See, prayer protects us on this mission because if you go back to the scripture, it says we're going out into a flock of wolves, doesn't it? But the thing is, if you read it, it tells us that he wants to encourage us to be shrewd, to be wise. And that only happens when we are connected to his spirit, when we're connected to what he's saying. He will give us the wisdom on how to navigate things. If you read a lot in Scripture, Jesus, a lot of times his um, interactions were people, with people were when he was going on a destination to a certain location and it was on his way, right? A lot of divine appointments happened, right? The same with us. We may have a mission that the Lord has given us for the day, but don't get upset when things go off track and now you're having to have a long conversation with someone that you didn't expect to, Okay? God will work out the details. He knew you were going to have the conversation, so don't sweat it, right? He's got it all in the pocket. He knows exactly what's happening and why he's put you there in that person's life in that moment. So please don't be fearful of that, even though we are being sent amongst wolves. If you go to him in prayer, you'll be ready for that. Not only that, but pursuing people of peace deepens our trust in God. How many of you guys have tried a new activity before and you didn't quite know what you were doing? You were faking it until you could make it. <laughs> I have done that a lot in my life. I'm like, yeah, I could do that, sure. And that has been the journey of Serve, to be honest with you. I um, had been a production pastor for a while, a youth pastor, a children's pastor, but never have I been a Serve pastor. And to be honest with you, when you look up <laughs> when you look up online for serve pastors for people to give you mentoring, there aren't many. <laughs> and so I was like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing for the last couple of years. It was an interesting thing of going through this journey and Jesus had to teach me a whole lot. And so I reached out to a lot of different people in executive roles to teach me what I needed to learn. I needed to be under authority and I needed to be under some wisdom. And it's interesting, when <laughs> we pursue people of peace, we are in uncharted territory, right? Because we don't know what we're doing. Sometimes we feel like we do, but let me tell you, God will send you for a loop because then God will show you there's something completely different he had sent you for. So I just want to encourage you, pursuing people of peace, it deepens our trust because we're not in control. We're not in control. None of us are in control. You know, we like to think we are. <laughs> we try to organize our life just to so cross all the T's and dot all the I's in our life, and then all of a sudden something sends us to just totally flying by the seat of our pants. Right? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, right? But we try to fake it till we make it the best that we possibly can, but that's exactly where God wants us to be. I'm not saying that we shouldn't plan, right? But what I am saying is that God does want us to deeply trust him because he's the one with the master plan. He's the one who knows what's going to happen when we're pursuing these people, trying to share with them good news. 
See, it states there's definitely a danger before us. And he talks to us about being shrewd and being full of wisdom. Well, wisdom only comes from the Father. It only comes from the Father. So pursuing people of peace literally takes us into a territory that we don't fully understand. And I can attest for that with this house journey. (laughs) I would have thought by now we would finally have found a house that works just perfectly fine. A lot of times we go into these houses that look beautiful on the outside. We go inside. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure if this is going to be very functional for us. I'm not sure if this is really going to work. We'll put in an offer on the house, and then we'll do an inspection on the house, and then all of a sudden comes out all the things we had no idea were wrong with the house. Thank God for inspectors, all I can say. (laughs) And literally to the point that we're like, okay, now we're going to think through this process with this house. We are going to just ask them to lower the cost so then we can have the money we need for uh, repairing things. And then here comes another You know, around the mountain learning where the person can't afford to do that because they refinanced their home. And so now we can't even buy the home. It's just amazing to me how literally pursuing certain things that God asks us to do, it deepens our trust because he knows that we don't know what's going to happen next. Only he knows. We have to lean not into our own understanding but into his, right? That's what it means to be a Christ follower, not that we're leading. He is. Right? He is. No matter how old we are, no matter if we're the head of the household, he is to lead us. And so I don't know why I'm sensing this, but if you're the head of the household, we as the women in the household depend on you men to seek the kingdom first. We need some godly men. The church needs some godly men to step up and do some leadership because your families and your children, don't be fearful. I've always admired my husband in this. My husband, he's always kept a very humble attitude and he's always understood that he's done the best to provide for a household. But there are sometimes times he doesn't have answers for it. And so he goes to the Father. And that is the best leadership I could ever have as an example for my children is to know that not to lean on his own understanding. When things don't make sense, he knows who to go to. And I love my husband because he is such a good example for my children. And so I just want to encourage you men out there, thank you for being the heads of your household. But do the best that you can to lean not on your own understanding, but on Christ. Because your children, people at work, they're looking towards you. And they see everything you do, and we're so appreciative of it. In addition to that, not only are we supposed to be pursuing people of peace, but people of peace can be identified by their open hearts. People of peace can be identified by their open hearts. And the reason why I say that is several different things. You can tell when somebody's closed off to what you're saying, right? You can tell when a person's open to what you're saying. It's clear here in Scripture. Check out verses 6 and 7. It says that their house will be open to you. And it says that the peace that is on you will rest on them. Well, if that peace was on you, you know what that looks like, right? If the peace of God is on you, if you know what he looks like on you, you will be able to identify that when it rests on them, right? And so 
in addition to that, it says that literally they feed you. They want you to stay with them. So there, here's some practical ways that you can identify people of peace, that you know that their hearts are open to you. One is watch the conversation. In a conversation, you can tell whether or not a person is listening to what you have to say. Are they asking more questions? Are they engaging in the conversation? Are they leaning into the conversation, right? Are they giving nods? Are they showing that they are actively listening? And sometimes even when a person asks a hard question or a question that's not necessarily easy for you to answer or maybe it rubs you the wrong way because you think it's a defensive question, the fact that they even ask the question says that they're engaged, right? The fact that they even decided to continue on in the conversation, whether or not they seem like they're defensive or not, the fact they're still in that conversation (laughs) means they're listening. Another way that you can tell that their hearts are open is watch their body language, right? Watch their body language. If literally the peace rests on you, you know what it would like if, if the peace would rest on them. So it shows that literally their body language is going to show you whether or not they're receiving what, what's being said. So I love it when my kids, <laughs> when they get in trouble, they kind of do this like squirming thing, you know. And as you get to know your children, <laughs> you can tell their body language when they did something they shouldn't have, right? <laughs> it's like all over them. <laughs> the same thing with us when we're in conversation with people we can start seeing and we can continue to engage in that conversation we can also tell that people's hearts are open when they're generous to us it says that they offer you food i don't know about you i love me some food food's good especially some good soul food but they offer free food now i'm not saying when you go talk to someone about jesus they're going to be offering you home-cooked food but what he's trying to say here in scripture is he's being, they're being generous. They are trying to make space in their time. They are trying to be generous with their time. They're trying to be generous with what they have so that you know that they're inviting you to keep speaking. Does that make sense? They are inviting you to keep speaking. So watch their actions. They're going to give you more time. They're going to want to be around you. They're going to want to be in conversation with you. And they're going to give attention to what you say. They're going to go out of their way to be a part of that conversation. That's how you know that their hearts are open to being a peace, a person of peace. And that's how you can identify, this is a person I should be sharing this with on a regular basis. Because look what Jesus says in that scripture. He says, don't move on. Now, there are some of you who have been fighting for some of your family members and friends for a long time. They still listen to you. Every once in a while, they'll ask you, how's church, right? They'll ask you very broad questions, or it may even be defensive questions, but they're asking for a reason. They're putting themselves around you for a reason. You don't need to move on. Now, I'm not saying you have to force the situation. It will just come out of you naturally. Because if you are filled with his spirit, if you're filled with his word, you can't help. You can't help it but to be a message. You can't help it but to ooze Jesus and his love. So another thing, in addition to when you are pursuing people and you see that people of peace, you can tell that their hearts are open 
and that these are people you should share with. But people of peace have actions and words that will align. Their actions and their words align. So, for example, people of peace who allow the words and spirit to reside with them, their actions start to show it. Okay, just like what we were talking about, you can tell by their conversation. You can tell by the acts of generosity. Their actions and words align. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but when people's words and actions don't align, it's a little bit rough to be around. <laughs> it's a little bit. Hence the reason why a lot of times people don't like to come to church because they think we're a bunch of hypocrites, right? Well, they don't realize that we're all broken and so are they. And the difference between the people who are in the church, the people who are out there, is we're trying to bring our brokenness before God who can heal us. We're in pursuit of the one who loves us, right? And they just haven't figured out that they're loved. That's the only thing. They haven't figured out they're loved, and they get the chance to pursue him back. And that's what we get to teach them, is we found out what real love is. And so we pursue that. We pursue him with such vigor because he loves us so much. This makes me think about the pursuit of another one of my nieces. Her name is Aerie. And Aerie is so wonderful. Aerie was given to Kevin and Lisa a long time ago. And sometimes pursuing people of peace and sometimes pursuing love is not an easy thing. Just like I said, when people's words and actions don't align. So several years ago, I used to work for a church full-time, and my husband and I decided to take on a business of a preschool. And the preschool was next to child services, which happened to be the office that assigned Aerie to Kevin and Lisa. We got her when she was an infant, and I was so blessed because I got to see her Monday through Friday for almost eight hours a day. I could pop in, love on her just like my own children, and I enjoyed it. Matter of fact, she was in the nursery the same time my daughter was. Aerie's situation was very challenging because her parents were trying to get their lives back together, and so we really wanted to help. We wanted to see her restored back to her family. But their struggles didn't align. They weren't in a season to be able to take Aerie back. So she was going to be adopted by Kevin and Lisa. And last minute, the courts decided, no, we're just going to give Aerie back to her father. And rightfully so. But the sad thing in this situation was her dad wasn't ready yet. And one night in anger, he took his anger out on her. And we lost Aerie when she was two years old. Her story has taught our family to be better people of peace. Because there's nothing more difficult 
than having to walk up to a little baby's casket and to continue relationship with her father and for him to experience forgiveness from a family that should despise him because he knew how close and how well we had taken care of his daughter. To the point that it opened his heart to be a person of peace. That is one of the most difficult things to ever walk through. But I'll tell you this. Though I would never wish or ever want to experience something like that ever again, I am grateful that her father has made a decision to receive the good news, to receive goodness and mercy and kindness. And it has made us a better people to be able to extend that type of love and forgiveness just as Christ did for us. Because we once were enemies. We once were not deserving of forgiveness. See, people of peace, they receive change. People of peace receive change because their hearts are open. And their lives become intersected with such goodness and love and mercy and kindness that they can't help but be changed. They can't help but to receive the good news that there is a God who loves them, that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. And that's what serving is. Serving is is taking our story of how we don't deserve these things. But yet, but God, but God, but God, but God, but God, but God. Only God could do something like that. Only God could take our lowest moments and make them so glorious. Only God could take the death of a two-year-old baby and use it for his glory. Only God. So no matter what tragedy or trauma or no matter what you have experienced, I can be of a witness to say, but God loves you. And he can give you hope everlasting. His kingdom is eternal. The blood that was shed on the cross was for your sins, my sins, all of our sins, so he could renew us, restore us to the glory that he always designated and designed us to have. The glory of his image. And that is what the crucifixion is about. That is what serving is about. It is about crucifying our agenda. So we could take the gospel of peace to find people of peace who are ready. They may not even know that they're ready to receive the good news. But they're waiting for it. Lynchburg is waiting for it. Your brothers and sisters, 
in here are waiting for it. They don't want to be isolated from you. They want to be a family. God wants us to seek out people of peace within the body and within our city. And that is what serving is about. Unconditional love that we do not deserve. That only God himself can make possible. So I have two things to challenge you with. Are you a person of peace? Have you been affected by this great love that has been provided by God the Father through His Son, Jesus, through the brokenness of His body and the shedding of His blood? And if you are, are you actively, not know you should, but actively pursuing people of peace? Have you been able to identify Hopefully, if you haven't prior to, but when we're together now in this moment, has God brought to your mind people of peace that he has put in your life? And if so, you should write those names down. You should not just be praying for them, but you should be actively asking the Lord daily, Lord, use my life. It is not my own. Help me to pursue them as you have pursued me. So that your kingdom... Your name, your glory will be known. If you guys don't mind, if we could close out in prayer, and then we will take communion to celebrate, because that's what communion is. It's a celebration of his great love, his great pursuit of us, and of the people outside these walls. And we get to take that with us today. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this pursuit of us, the pursuit of humanity. Lord, literally, you so love the world, you gave up everything. You came down from the heavenlies to the earth. You clothed yourself in dust. Lord, please forgive us of our sins. Forgive us in moments in which we have not accepted when you've pursued us and we haven't been people of peace. And forgive us, Lord, of when we have not pursued others you've put in our path who are supposed to be people of peace. God, open our eyes, open our hearts so that we can truly serve our neighbors for the purpose of serving you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.